0: Welcome to the Snohomish Storytellers. Here in our little corner of the universe in Snohomish, we have a strong sense of community and heritage founded in the whispers of yesterday's stories and the narrative of what is being written today. Snohomish Storytellers captures this through organic conversation between Snohomis, former, present, and future.
1: This podcast is brought to you by the Historic Downtown Snohomish Association. Our mission is to promote, preserve, and improve the Downtown Historic District as the heart and soul of the city of Snohomish. My name is Megan Hetherington, Executive Director of HDSA, and my lovely co-host is... Sheila Deverter, board member
0: of HDSA. And with us today is also our podcast producer and vice president of HDSA, Trent DeVerter. And, and welcome, welcome to our
2: podcast. <laughs>
0: Welcome to today's episode of Snohomish Storytellers. In this beginning of September, uh, when we're recording this, and we'll be publishing in September, but I am ready for fall. Mm -hmm. I am dressed like I am ready for fall. You look fall
1: today. Thank you. I like it. Intentionally. I almost wore boots, but I went with these because I was feeling kind of like you, Will, like we're on, there's still some summer left. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to put the boots on. Got to squeeze it, squeeze every Mm -hmm. last bit. Yeah.
0: But with fall is back to school yeah which I love back to school I'm a stationary girl so oh, like that's right I I go big like back to school but I mean I don't need school supplies now but in spirit whenever I see like Target Walmart you know notebooks, would you like spenders, someone to buy you school supplies
1: that you don't need just so you can feel nostalgic that way
0: I don't know if it'll make me like happy or sad that like because I'm <laughs> over that phase of life or yeah. because it's colorful and stuff but Yeah, so today, in theme with Back to School, we have our guest, Will Johnson, from the Snohomish School
1: District. Hey, hi, Will. Thanks for joining us.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: And will you share with our listeners what your official title is?
3: Oh, my official title. (laughs) (laughs) I am the Director of Equity and Inclusion. All right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And what does that mean?
3: (laughs) You wouldn't believe how many times I get that question. I bet, Mm -hmm. yeah. And basically, what I break it down to people as. Think about the kiddo that was in school that for some reason they weren't successful. They didn't have what they needed, mm-hmm. and there was you just wish there was someone that could work with the, the staff or the student to figure it out. Mm. That's oh. what I do. Oh. And well, so, I'm just going
1: to put you on speed dial. Because...
3: <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, it's not that I have all the answers because I don't. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how do we look at our internal resources, mm-hmm. external resources, mm-hmm. and make sure our kids have what they need? Yeah. Gotcha. And, you know, whether it's a student, uh, my background is a special ed teacher. Okay, oh. And so when people ask me, how did I make the switch from special ed to equity and inclusion i'm like it's the same thing yeah yeah we have learners with special needs so i need to identify what those needs are mm-hmm. to help equip those students to be successful mm-hmm. and then with the inclusion part do they feel safe welcome and supported amongst their peers wow that's what the job's all about
1: and what sort of support do you have to carry out this job for the whole district or is it like you're the package deal <laughs>
3: I am. No. <laughs> <laughs> One stop you know, shop. Right, you know, but It's interesting because this is just the uh, third year that I've been in the district mm-hmm. and the work started, I would say, back in 2019, within the district in 2019, about really looking at what is it that we need to do to support all of our students. Mm-hmm. And so there was a committee called the Human Rights and Equity Team. Right. Okay. And so they did they worked with a consultant to do these surveys to you know, get information about what was needed. And so then when they hired me on, I actually created equity and inclusion framework to say, hey, here are some of the tools that we're going to use to walk us forward. And I guess that's a long way of saying when we talk about equity and inclusion, it's not one person's job, it's everyone's job. Mm-hmm. But how do we now build our collective capacity Mm -hmm. Um, to support all of our students and families as well as each other
1: oh so that's kind of your job too then is to build that
3: oh absolutely that
1: sounds like a huge undertaking
3: right but fun so much yeah yeah
1: and
0: much needed too Mm because like i feel like back back in my day (laughs) I swear, our <laughs> listeners probably think I'm like 65 years old, but um, you look great 65. 65. Thank <laughs> you. I work really hard. I can hear Trent laughing on the other side
2: of the curtain.
0: I do look fantastic for 65. Yes, you do. See, now I lost my train of thought. Of You're, You're back in your day. Oh uh, yeah, back in my day, it was kind of like a job to hide the differences mm-hmm. that you are, right? Because either you. Are you stick out and you get bullied or uh-huh. you stick out and you get into a school system, like going to like in, in my school district back in the day, we had like an alternative high school. Right. And it became a stigma, right, where uh-huh. you're like, oh, you can't perform like this or you can't do this. So you get shoved into this super secluded sector of the school. You don't socialize with the same people. You don't eat lunch with the same uh, normal classmates. and it becomes such a stigma that, like, you never want to ask for help. You never want to stray outside of the lines. And mm-hmm. it's it's so cool that now it's being embraced and then there's someone who's actually thinking about, like, what are all of the varieties of, like, the right. children that we even have so that we can accommodate them in mm-hmm. a humane way.
1: How do you get the kids to buy into that? Because as I'm hearing Sheila say that, I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, recognizing check, check, check. <laughs> you know, I have one child who graduated in 2022. Mm-hmm. I have a high schooler now, and then a fifth grader. And I would say ideally doing the work and like the trickle down effect is a great, wonderful thing. Where do you get the buy-in from Mm. the kids, especially the ones who fall into the categories where it's like, I know I need extra support. I know that I'm different, but God forbid anybody recognize that or I Mm. take the extra support because I'm going to be scrutinized by my peers or even the alternative high school here is great like we've had experience there mm. and yet it was really hard for our child who ended up going there to to go there. Yeah. And the only reason he did was because it was during COVID and everybody was remote so it was like well that doesn't matter I don't oh, have you to can't see, see anybody yeah like everyone's mm-hmm. at home anyway but there's still a definite stigma. Absolutely. So what is that like from your lens what does that look like? And what sort of way (laughs) you're grinning in this way that I'm like, oh, I'm excited to hear your answer.
3: (laughs) You're you're taking me back even to my interview. And Mm -hmm. I remember people asking me, like, what am I going to do? What's my plan? And I was very clear on it's not just about me. Mm -hmm. It's really about our partnerships and what we do together. And so I was really intentional about making connections with the city council, with Mm -hmm. the Chamber of Commerce, with community organizations, because our schools are a snapshot of our community.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Our community is a snapshot of our society. Mm-hmm. The thing that's going to give us the best leverage is regionally and throughout the state. If we're creating this this space where we begin to dissolve the stigma, mm-hmm. okay. Now that, that's bigger stuff. That's yeah. that's mm-hmm. something that Will's not going to do for the first two <laughs> right. Years, <laughs> right. but we're working on it. Right. As far as locally, what we're doing is those those one on one conversations. Mm. Because if I can have a conversation with an administrator with a parent, Mm -hmm. with even a student, and they're like, oh, well, here's a different way of looking at it. It really helps to change that perspective. Mm -hmm. I appreciate your question about how we're getting student buy-in, because I do feel in general that in conversations with our students, a lot of them may be even better than the adults at being accepting, because Mm -hmm. I see more of it uh, in the media in some spaces, Mm -hmm. where it's like, hey, we're, we're all this, here's how we can show up. But then some of the problems is that it just stops there at the surface. We don't really understand the why Mm -hmm. behind this, why it's important to connect. I also did acknowledge last year. Here I am doing all these trainings with our administrators. The administrators train the teachers. I'm out in the community having conversations. And I'm like, yes, this is wonderful. This Mm -hmm. is working. And then I go and talk with some students. They're like, who are you? (laughs) You you don't you don't know who I am. You You don't know what I do. so let's go back to this, go back to the playbook. Yeah. And and this year, really, uh, I'm going to be working a lot more on connecting with more student organizations, Mm -hmm. being more present in like the commons in Mm classrooms. So students know Mm -hmm. who I am. Yeah what I'm working on, why we're doing it, and the role that they can play in this work.
1: Wow. So it's all about
0: connecting the pieces, yes. both to the students, both to the adults, quote unquote, uh, that can help facilitate it and making mm-hmm. sure that like everyone has the same that has like the foundational understanding, the knowledge that the resources exist, that you exist right. and like really getting your name out there. Mm-hmm. That be like, hey, this is a, a thing that you can rely on. This is a person you can talk to, and right. it's recognizable, huh?
3: Yeah, my, my theme for this year. Whenever I'm I'm walking to a student up to a student, and they're getting ready for the school year, and then, and someone someone may ask them, "How do you think you're going to do this year?" Well, I'm going to do better because I'm going to work hard and I'm going to study, and you know they'll say all those different things, and I'm like, "Can I add one more thing to that?"
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You're not alone in this. Mm. And it's like, make sure you identify who are the people you can turn to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And before you find yourself overwhelmed, it's OK to ask for help. Yeah, And I think that's that's the biggest thing right there, because I know there have been many times in my life where I'm just like running, 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 running and don't want to talk to anybody about mm-hmm. it. And I'm stressed out for no reason, because if I had gone to Megan initially, she already had the answer. Like, right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's like showing them what the resources are mm-hmm. and making it plain English applicable to them right. because I feel like sometimes even as an adult mm. if you're like here's some resources it's like pages of paper <laughs> and you're like great thanks right. you know it's like taxes right?
0: I mean whatever you're like mm-hmm. looking up like how do I fill out this form and it's in like legalese right i right. like okay this is going nowhere it's not helpful right yeah
1: well, yeah. I imagine like a kid who's struggling and like some of this has come from our own experience. So mm-hmm. it's like I can reflect and be like, yeah, I can I can see how this would be like how would my how would child A and child B, who both had struggles but different struggles, mm-hmm. different ways, but were still like not the atypical or not what what am I trying to say? They're the atypical <laughs> student. Yeah. They're not the standard like, I love high school. I want to be in all the mm-hmm. clubs. I love coming here every day, or like, you know, that's get me plugged in. They're like, how can I fly under the radar? I hate going here. Why do I have to be here? I have a hard time. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to ask anybody for help Mm -hmm. for different reasons. Right. Like, how do you connect with those kids? And I'm just picturing both of these, both of them. Here's this, here's these resources. They'd be like, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Throw it up. They'd be like, tear it up, throw it away. You know, because it's like even that is just so intimidating and scary. You know. But like my sophomore, she's gonna be a sophomore, she has kind of learned over the last Six months, like there's certain resources that I understand I need and that I want them, and so as we've been working on, like Hmm. here's what that's going to look like. Mm -hmm. She's looking forward to that, Mm -hmm." but I can't imagine trying to do this for so many. I can hardly do it for my own children. Like I'm just, you know, being totally (laughs) (laughs) like parenting (laughs) is so hard that like if you're trying to reach this group of kids, you have. Mm -hmm thousands of kids to the whole district and they're all going to be in different phases of their lives. Mm. You have to work with administrators, teachers, some teachers who probably really care over abundantly and those who are just kind of there to do the bare minimum of their job. Like it's kind of true (laughs) along among among all industries. right? And that student, like however they come across to said teacher or administrator, it's kind of like a luck of the draw, what sort of experience you're going to get. So this just sounds like intense work to me. <laughs>
3: well, and that's one of the things too, that we're really working within our district that our term is more alike than different.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's like
3: how more similar than different, how do we ensure that the experience the kid gets at one school is what they're getting at a different school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how are we now working with our administrators to ensure that they're supporting their teachers for them to now support their students? Mm-hmm. And I agree 100% with what you're saying. I feel that some of the things that we're talking about it would feel out of context to have those conversations at home. Right, you're sitting down with your kiddo, and it's like, "Hey, let's do this analysis of your identity and really unpack what your goals are." And they're like, "Is um, it like n- mother?" No, uh, no. <laughs> when we talk about being in school in the context of learning, yeah, we can now say, "Hey, during advisory or during our morning meeting, we're going to take some time to really better understand ourselves." Mm. So, one of the simple things that I saw years ago is like an "I am" poem. And so you're talking about, I am from Snohomish. Mm -hmm. I am in the fifth grade. I am. And it's Mm -hmm. like, here are all these different aspects of your identity. Mm -hmm. And then maybe like, I want. Mm -hmm. Okay, here are the things that you want. Wow, you're establishing your goals. Mm -hmm. Here's where you are. How can I now map from where you are to where you want to be? Wow. Wow. See?
0: I need to do you that. That's right
2: then. Yeah. We
0: need to have some more yeah. stuff like that. Right. <laughs> that is amazing. But I, I get what you mean though. Like the context makes yeah. a big difference and how you how you start the conversation where like you're not just outright saying, Okay, who are you and what are your goals? You know, right. like you would a... 40 year old adult, maybe like in a workplace setting, sorry, right. I needed yeah. to caveat that because <laughs> it sounds a lot like your performance <laughs> reviews at work, right? You are mm. sit yeah. down with your, your manager and be like, so how do you think you do? What do you want to do next year? Mm. And yeah. like, keep my job. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like the job. context <laughs> is very important.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's very important. And uh, conversations that might not be as natural with a parent, mm. but with like a third party
3: right. might actually
0: work out better. Yeah, that's really interesting.
3: But then also, how do we equip parents to understand one that they can do it and what we're doing Mm -hmm. and and the purpose of it? And so a lot of the stuff I want to do this year is actually get more to our our parent organizations and say, hey, here's what we're working on. Mm -hmm. And so now when your kid comes home you can ask these questions like, so what'd you work on today? I understand mm-hmm. you were working on something about your identity and, and your and your goals. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, hey, here's this, this little template that we filled out and, mm-hmm. and I brought a blank copy for you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Awesome. And, and, yeah. and our uncle, he here, here. Yeah. You know? yeah. Family but, but, involvement. Right. Yeah. Right. But you utilizing those resources because I think back to when I was in school I, I really don't feel like there were a lot of things that were sent home with me with the intention of also connecting with my family. Uh, it was, hey, you come in, you do your work. But it, well, a lot of the stuff that we're doing now, even in our evaluation framework is how are you involving families in mm-hmm. this work?
1: Yeah,
0: that's great because, yeah, also it's reinforcing the thought processes mm-hmm. even at home. Right. Because, you know, a kid might get it a lot. At school, whatever subject it may be outside of, you know, the identity right. exercise. But it's like it's like learning a second language. You can learn it all you want at school, but mm-hmm. if you don't use it at all outside of school, it goes away really quick. Mm-hmm. So same thing with a lot of these like self-discovery things. It's like you do it at school, but if your parents aren't open and talking about those stuffs or they're not equipped with the right tools and resources to um support those conversations, that also will cut the growth short. Right. right. So really hitting you're you're hitting like all all the I'm, angles. I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well done.
2: Yeah.
3: Well I was a I was a defensive coordinator when I coached ah. football. And so I was like, what do we need to do to make sure that we're getting all these spaces taken care of? Yeah. But I love what you're saying too, because I I was having this conversation a couple of weeks ago with somebody and someone can have a certain level of knowledge and experience mm-hmm. in something and Let's let's just say it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. But now they're doing this with someone who has no clue Mm -hmm. of of what it is that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so now, even if they have the best intentions and, you know, they're working in a positive direction, it may be resisted because you're you're speaking a foreign language. Mm -hmm. I don't understand what this trauma awareness (laughs) and and, and working through our triggers type stuff is. Right. Right. It's like, but. I know that's a trigger for me and I know how I'm going to respond. So Mm -hmm. here's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't just avoid it. No, I can. (laughs) Yeah. I I can make that choice. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: you're really educating everyone.
3: That's the goal.
0: It's it's not just the students. It's not just the right. people in the school district, but you're educating the entire community at this point. <laughs> Man, the job just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I know, right? Happen.
1: Yeah. Whoever needs to, who hears this can give Will a raise. Go ahead and yeah. do that. Please <laughs> <laughs>
3: awesome. That's
1: cool. So how did you end up coming into this role and okay. into Snohomish? Because I think from a conversation I heard... You and I were at a a social event. I don't remember what it was. And I was doing something. So I was coming in and out of the conversation. And so I missed little parts of it. And for my own benefit, I want to hear about it today. (laughs) But if I remember correctly, you haven't been in Snohomish for that long.
3: No, not long.
1: And you came here for this job specifically?
3: Specifically for this job. All right.
1: So how did that happen?
3: Wow. Because, I mean, there there's several different lengths to this story. I could, I'm I'm actually going to go back to when I first wanted to do this work. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, this would have been back in 2007. Yep, 2007, 2008. This is when I was working on my bachelor's degree at UW Tacoma mm. in communications. And I had an opportunity to work with the Office of Diversity Affairs in Puyallup, with uh-huh. the Puyallup School District. Okay. Uh-huh. And I'm like, wow, there's actually a job that is you know designed to help students have access to education Mm -hmm. that sounds cool I'd like to do this someday Mm -hmm. well hey well you have to understand that I was a teacher pre this is from the director Mm -hmm. he's like I was a teacher then I was a principal and and now I'm in this role so I've been in education for years Mm -hmm. to get to this point to where I can now do this job supporting the entire district I'm like Oh wow, man! And you know what? Yeah, I don't really think I want to be a teacher, so yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but, I, but I was interested in it, yeah. and so I graduated my commun- communications degree in 2008 during the recession, mm-hmm. and you know there weren't really a lot of job opportunities, and the ones that were, I'm competing against folks with master's degrees and a lot mm-hmm. more time and experience. Yeah. As I was trying to find work, I would still had those connections with the school district, and they're like, "Hey, um." would you want to be a tutor? And I'm like, I need a job. So yes.
2: Yeah. You're like, sure. <laughs> yeah.
3: So I started out as a tutor for the, what's called the AVID program. And it's a college pro- program for program. kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a really good program. But I did that, but that was like, you know, a couple hours a day, mm-hmm. a couple, like thirteen dollars an hour. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And, and this was in two thousand.
1: Not gonna so, sustain your life very
3: well. And so then it was like, Well, if you want more work, you could be a substitute security guard. And I'm like, Okay, I'll do that. Cause at least that was fifteen dollars an hour. Yeah. You know, I'm that's like, some
0: big money there. I'm big money, now,
3: fifteen an hour, right? So here I am, college degree, fifteen dollars an hour, subsecurity at the junior high and high school, but that's only when they were absent.
0: Uh, and so it's oh, like, okay, well
3: I can sub security this day but now I got to cancel my mm, tutoring. Gotcha. And oh well, I'm not a consistent tutor so I have to either give that up for one and I'm like, I You're like this I, isn't working. Yeah. yeah, it's not working <laughs> at all. And so then they're like, "Well, hey, you could be a substitute para." And I'm like, "Okay, how much does that pay?" <laughs> and in 2008 in Puyallup, it was like 10.40 an hour. Oh my <laughs> gosh. And I'm like, so I could have regular work and make less money um okay
2: wait wow. that was
0: less than the tutoring or yeah. the security yeah and don't you have to have a
1: degree to be a para you
3: don't no. oh you ah. don't okay yeah you, 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 you didn't then I think now it might be an associate's degree or something okay. but yeah oh, I, you're right yeah and mm-hmm. then I did submit my transcripts when I realized how the system worked mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was able to move up to 12 1285 an hour is Ooh. what I was making uh, in 2009 when I was hired on as a full-time para oh my okay. gosh
1: that's oh my amazing
3: God. and the thing is, is I'm in the Classroom, and I'm working with this kiddo who um, had autism, mm. was nonverbal. The reason why they wanted me to work with him is because he was extremely aggressive. Mm. And they're like, "Well, so you're you know, you were um, a
1: security guard. Yeah, you're so... a security guard. <laughs> yeah. You're
3: almost six foot, just almost. Um, <laughs> over yeah, he he's not gonna beat you up. I'm like, my size is not gonna stop that kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So anyway, but you know, but coming into that in that in that into that environment. I'm like, okay, how can I help this kid? I, I yeah. have no idea. Mm-hmm. And... Behavior is communication. Mm. Okay. And so as I'm looking at his aggressive behaviors and no one's listening, mm-hmm. we we need to break this down.
1: Yeah, like what does he need?
3: What wow. does he need? Yeah. What is he communicating? Uh-huh. Let's work with that mm-hmm. and develop a system to move forward. So when working with that team, we went from having over a hundred incidents per week. Which were hitting, oh spitting, gosh. kicking, biting, oh throwing gosh. computers. I mean, it, it throwing was, computers. Oh yeah, you know those little old Apple <laughs> yeah, computers. Mac- yeah. yeah, he would <laughs> pick them up and he'd toss Ooh. them, and you just just watch out. Oh and my so, gosh! But we went from having over a hundred incidents per week to only having about four or five wow. over the course of a year when we transitioned to the high school. Wow! And my 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 special ed director at the time was like. Well, you're
1: doing something right. Magic touch.
3: (laughs) You need to go get your teaching certificate. (laughs) And I'm like, okay.
0: (laughs) It's like I said, I didn't want to be a teacher. (laughs) Right,
3: right. And so, you know, I I started, I got into teaching, taught special ed. And again, all about meeting with the students, Uh identifying what their needs are. Help them be successful. Right. My very first year of teaching, and this is actually in my cover letter. So if someone's looking to hire me, you might get the same (laughs) letter. Um, But the letter talks about this kiddo saying, what's going to happen when you get promoted? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, when people do a good job, they get promoted. I'm like, dude, this is my first year. Like, yeah. I'm just, I'm listening to you and I'm trying to help you out. And it's like, it doesn't work that way in education. We don't get promoted. Uh-huh. You actually have to go back to school uh-huh. and then mm-hmm. actually apply to try to get a higher level mm-hmm. job. And uh-huh. so I was like, hmm, maybe, maybe you need to look at that in education. But anyway.
1: <laughs> but he was worried that you were going to be moving on. Right. Yeah. right. That's
3: so and sad. I know, right? Yeah. But I'm like, why aren't there more education? That kids feel this way about, and I mean, yeah. I know that they're, they're out there, yeah. but some of the kids that are in those special ed programs, right? They just you know may not have had a good run, and so. For how sure. can I be better for those students? Mm-hmm. And so that mm-hmm. led me to just want to continue to grow in my capacity. But, you know, being a first year teacher, mm-hmm. well, what influence do I have? Mm-hmm. And then even in my second year, I got transferred to a different high school to take over the behavior program, mm-hmm. which was awesome. If you're in your second year and you get your own program, mm-hmm. you know, they trust yeah, me that much. Amazing. But that's I'm, I'm take over that program and we, we did wonderful things there. Um, I really enjoyed working with the students, working with the staff.
1: Well, and the kids, like I was just thinking when you were saying, I'm I'm new to this. What am I? Like the kids don't, they don't mm-hmm. know that. They, the they kids don't think that. Like right. They're like, oh, you're a rookie. What are you going to do? <laughs> like They're just right. like, you're here and I'm here with you too. So mm-hmm. let's see what this is going to be about, you know. Yeah. But I wonder if that's
0: also like a sign from a previous interaction that they might have gotten where you know they did get comfortable with someone and they for yeah. sure, right? I mean right. Th- I mean that happens with I think a lot of teachers because just you the kids move grades, right and the teachers yeah. right. stay the same. i I remember like really liking a particular teacher and it is tough to like let them go when you yourself have mm-hmm. to move up a grade mm-hmm. so there's there's definitely I think elements of you know potentially being afraid of, of being abandoned by someone you trust, right? Oh, so yeah. true
3: yeah. yeah. So the core of the work is really about relationships and Mm -hmm. showing up in consistency. But, you know, when I go to this other school, uh, I was was there for a period of time. And again, being newer there, Mm -hmm. not really having that voice. And I mean, all ties into inclusion. Mm -hmm. What voices do we have that are amplified or silenced Mm -hmm. based on whatever reasons? If you're the new person, you don't have a voice. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, all right, what do I need to do next? Well, if you really want a voice, you need to become an administrator. Okay, great. I actually started work years ago. To go into a program, but didn't because I had some personal stuff in my life, mm-hmm. and so it wasn't until about 2018 that I decided again to go back to go into a program, pursue a um, certificate in education leadership to become a district administrator for special ed. Wow! So now, in that sense, I'm able to support principals and teachers throughout the district in the area of special ed. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, even special ed itself is a marginalized population that isn't, you know, widespread. And so when opportunities started to come available, mostly after George Floyd was killed, unfortunately, mm-hmm. around uh, diversity, equity and inclusion, I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm, I'm, I want to get out now and be able to work with an entire district
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: as opposed to just a select population. Mm. Wow. Yeah.
0: And here you are. Here I am. That is a
1: lot. I know we're <laughs> just like processing, and, I, and I'm yeah. skipping stuff
3: because I'm like, we we could talk forever on right. this, but I
1: know, and I have like my mind. I keep coming up with so many different questions, right? And I'm like, okay, stay stay on target. I mean, a I think it goes to show, you know, sometimes you never know where
0: life's gonna take you, right? right. You you were out there with your communications degree, and you're like teaching nothing. <laughs> you yeah, I mean, know. Right? You are teaching so many people, so many different, you know, levels of. People, students, administrators, et cetera. It's crazy. You never know where life's going to take you. I do
1: like that you were seeing opportunity and asking questions like, I see this problem and Mm -hmm, I want to be able to grow into that. What am I going to have to do to be able to do that? Mm -hmm. And there you you just like, I guess I'm going to need to get this degree (laughs) and this certificate. And I like that, though, because you're seeing not only your own talents and where you can be most Mm -hmm. effective, but also doing what has to be done to make that difference. You know, good for you. Not, Not a lot of people do that. Yeah.
3: But I have to say, I, I came by that at a very early age.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so I, I just remember this this moment so clearly. I was probably about three, four years old. OK. And <laughs> we're going my,
1: way back. <laughs> right, well, yeah.
3: My mom and dad divorced um, when I was two. A while later, she started dating this guy, Michael, stepdad. Love mm-hmm. him. We're at his apartment. All right. And Michael's cool because he always bought me toys. That's what mm. I told my mom when she asked me she should marry him. I'm like, yeah, he buys me toys. But I remember one day I'm in the back room and I'm playing with some like ship or something. And I walk out into the living room and I'm like, Mama, can you give me some water? And she's about to get up and grab me some water. And Michael's like, no, hold on. Can't you get it yourself? Ooh, Right? And I'm like, really? <laughs> Like, man, they're I, like I'm four dude I uh, can't reach it like, I, I couldn't I could not reach it like are you kidding me right now and so I'm like alright but you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna figure it out yeah. and so I go in the kitchen and there's this little step stool off to the side and I'm like oh alright so I grab a little step stool and I bring it over to the counter and I'm like alright get up on the step stool grab a cup slide over to the sink fill it with water I'm like hey I got this uh, yeah <laughs> yeah it's
1: like watching. your mom awesome. right? I love right. that story that's such a great example because as parents, you're always like, OK, how much do I need to do for my kids? I want to give right. them everything they need to make sure that I'm. But really what you have to think about is how are you setting them up for success yeah. without you? That's your job. Exactly. Like your job is to yes. make your children successful when they depart from you yes. in a like the best way that you possibly can. Yeah. And it can be something as simple as like empowering them to get their own water. Right. Because that instills confidence, yes. you know. And it's not like every time you get water for them, you're telling them, I don't believe you can do this.
2: But (laughs) when
1: you're kind of, I don't want to use the word force, but you're Mm -hmm. basically taking away the option that you're always going to given a them. learning
0: opportunity. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And yeah. My, my parents were really good about that. Like, I feel like I would I would communicate. I want to try to do this thing or yeah. I want to do it. Let, let me do it. I was one of those kids. Let me do it myself. I want to do it myself. <laughs> and they would just let me figure it out. Yeah, that's you know, the best thing. Yeah, like I remember my dad had this box of like random pieces of wood and a hammer and nails that uh-huh. were for me. And I would just nail wood together. Like I wasn't <laughs> necessarily like building anything, but he would just let me try. Yeah. Yeah. And, but through that, I actually learned how to put things together mm-hmm. and like how to actually appropriately hammer a nail into a piece of wood. Right. Like instead of like tap, 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 tap. It's kind of more like bam, bam, bam. And you get it in there. <laughs> yeah. But it's like those simple things that, If he was like, no, I'm busy. Mm -hmm. Get out of my way. Let me do what I'm going to do. Or no, not right now. Like we can get so focused as adults on what we're trying to get done that we forget that like everything is like you're saying, Sheila, Mm -hmm. a learning opportunity for for sure kids. So I love that. Yeah, I, I do understand the struggle, though.
0: Especially with parenting, I'm not a parent, but I could imagine a parallel parallel thinking with like how I treat my coworkers. (laughs) But there are some times where you're like you're busy doing your own thing and then you got this coworker who's like, oh, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? And you can either take the time to teach them Mm -hmm. how to do it. Here is how you save a word document to a pdf
2: mm-hmm. for the 10th
0: time <laughs> or you can just be like okay send me the file let me do it and it'll be done in like mm. 2 seconds right so i i, I totally understand though when you're a parent and you're juggling so many things and you're just like here yeah. quick you yeah. know and i think yeah got to give ourselves grace that, or all the parents grace that right. time and place but i think exactly having those intentional mm-hmm. moments where you're you're wiring the neurons together in the uh-huh. kid's head right to be like hey this is a, a template for problem solving that mm-hmm. you might use for getting water uh-huh. that you may apply in other situations in the future and kind of setting them up that way yeah but that's great yeah you got your own <laughs> water and now you are a director of equity your own district <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you michael <laughs> that's so awesome so from what you've done here in snohomish What would you say is like our biggest opportunity? opportunity? Hey, (laughs) (laughs) Sheila and I are on the same wavelength opportunity for growth here. I mean, you've talked about a lot of things, but if you were to identify like one or two things that we Mm -hmm. could really focus on together, as you've been talking about, it needs to be this group effort, you know, this community reflection.
3: The the biggest thing is improving our own self-awareness and breaking down walls, Mm. you know, because I believe I'll, I'll just be blunt about it. Yeah.
2: please. When do. I think
3: about any form of discrimination, mm-hmm. that's a behavior.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And my question is, why? Why do we feel that a group of people or someone who identifies a certain way isn't welcome?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: What is it within ourselves that's now creating that barrier? Yeah. And how can we work to tear down that wall? And the more we can engage in those conversations and improve our understanding of ourselves and others, that's the the biggest thing I feel we can do to move forward.
1: Yeah, man, that is such a simple answer. It's such a big <laughs> task. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, like we, you know, HDSA, we did Snohomish Pride. We right. had in our yes. group of volunteers that really wanted to bring this to the community. HDSA was kind of like the platform to do it, but it was, I would say, ninety nine point eight percent completely volunteer. Manage. Right. I was the point two assisting here. <laughs> like here's my signature but the signature. they were truck. yeah, they were an incredible team. Mm-hmm. My point two was like I would receive feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, like right. the, all the I respond to the generic emails. I get all of our contact forms. That's part of my job. So you know, it was a controversial thing right. to do here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I would have tons of positive feedback and people mm-hmm. that were just like so grateful. It was incredibly meaningful. Mm-hmm. And then I would have the ones too that were like, I really don't like this. Yeah. This bothers me. I'm upset about this. Right. And every time I would be like, let's have a conversation. Yes. Would you like to talk on the phone? Would you like to go have coffee? I had mm-hmm. more coffee dates between like <laughs> <laughs> the end of April and the beginning of June than I've had yeah. probably in this entire job. Mm-hmm. But every single one was worth it because right. that person felt seen and mm-hmm. heard and It wasn't just like this generic, I don't care what you think. We're going to do what we're going to do. Because like you're saying, you have to have the conversations. Like I wanted them to understand the basics of like, who's HGSA? What do we do? Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. one of our values is inclusion. And that means everybody, everybody in our community. Right. And this group of community members, all volunteers, which we are volunteer driven, Mm -hmm. want to see this in our community. Right. And we are here to empower people that want to do that. And like you're saying, where the fear or like the the root of Mm -hmm. of why they feel agitated, you know, and I think just. Be, like I said, being able to give them a, a chance to, to share that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was most of the time what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. I will say not everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Most of the time they just wanted to be able to ask their questions, mm-hmm. share what they felt. Lots mm-hmm. of times there was a misunderstanding. Like yeah. they would have a picture painted in their mind of what they thought this was going to look like. Mm-hmm. True. And it didn't look like that at all. No. So having those conversations to be able to, you know, get to the root of, those issues like mm-hmm. it was super powerful I will not like even pretend to say that it wasn't challenging mm-hmm. it was challenging you right. know it was challenging for me but it was a great growth opportunity but also I think each well I didn't ask them specifically but from what, <laughs> from what I observed I would say that each person felt so much better at the end mm-hmm. like they would come in closed like their body language was like mm-hmm. tense and closed up and mm-hmm. they'd be like are you Megan <laughs> yes <laughs> Heather. Mm-hmm. Heather. <laughs> but then by the end, we're like, every single time we had something in common, every right. time, like it was just, you know, two community members talking like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm here doing this as part of my job. But I'm also this person that lives in Stahomish and cares about it as much as you do, which is right. why you reached out in the first place, because exactly. you care, you know. Yes. So I totally. Well, that was a long rant, but I totally <laughs> identify with what you're saying that like. You have to be willing to have the conversations. Mm-hmm. We can't mm-hmm. keep polarizing ourselves one side or the right. other. I don't agree with you. I won't even talk to you about it. Am I even going you the time of the day? Because why mm-hmm. would you even say that? It's like you have to be able to understand why they're saying what they're saying. Right. And give them a chance to understand where you're coming from, mm-hmm. you know.
3: And, you know, especially if we put it in the lens of public education. Mm-hmm. And let's say if, if we had educators or administrators that had that ideology of I don't agree with you. I don't accept you. So now you have a kid that comes into our school system that now does not have access to opportunities that can take them forward in life. Right. Yeah. And so one of the callings of public education is that we support every student within our boundaries. Right. Yeah. We make sure that they're provided with access to opportunities to reach their goals. Yeah. Right. And so if there are there things in our community that's impacting that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We may not have that much impact in the community outside of school, but that's where it's important to leverage those relationships. And how mm-hmm. do we connect with parents and community organizations to say, Hey, how can we be a better community to support our schools and our students?
1: Yeah. And I think it's so important that we are reaching the, the young people in the community because mm-hmm. they are the mm-hmm. next, they're Ooh. the future of so yeah. much. We always say that the children are the future. Yeah, But, but they truly they really are. are. And you really get like at a, barometer of what their parents think, Mm -hmm. you know, like the conversations that I hear from my kids Mm
2: -hmm. and their
1: friends who like we might be around because they're at our house or whatever. Like I volunteer in the schools, too. So sometimes I'm hearing these conversations among each other. It's a it's a real eye opener. Like if you don't ever spend any time in schools, like kids Mm -hmm. are brutally honest (laughs) and they will share stuff that you're like, oh, my gosh, like Mm -hmm. I can't believe that they think that this is true. Yeah. You know, or that that like it's coming from someone in their life, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's a real, like, it's a real window to mm. where we're at, right? It's so tough though to, to think. I, I'm as you're like describing,
0: you know, like the public education part. Like you want to make sure all of these kids have access to all of the resources that they need, no matter what they believe in, they identify as, etc. Mm. And I I can imagine how hard as a school district or an administrative function to make sure that teachers as individuals also are able to retain their beliefs, whatever they may be, but still provide that equity to all of their students, Uh right? Because in my head, I can imagine how conflicted if I was on the other side of things. You know, if I firmly believe abc and my school Mm -hmm. district is telling me you need to give these kids one two three Mm -hmm. how difficult that would be as a person and someone who's so personally involved with the children on a day-to-day basis to be like yes kiddos one two three when inside you're like abc and it's like how how do you deal with that from as an administrator Mm -hmm. how do you deal with that when you are that teacher that is in that position. And then later on, also the parents, right? Because Right now, you know, we have a big. <laughs> so I'm from Iowa, as I've probably mentioned many times on this podcast. But one of the headlines that I saw come through my like Facebook feed, because I still have some like Iowa folks on that, some of which <laughs> were my high school teachers actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, they were talking about like some of the book bans that right. came through Iowa. And yeah. it's like, I as a teacher might not agree or I do agree with this or I as a parent, you know, support it or don't support it. And it's like, I, I, in a way i feel bad for the kids who are getting these conflicting potentially conflicting right. feelings from people that they're supposed to look up to uh-huh. you know like is my mom wrong or is my teacher wrong and uh-huh. not saying there might be a right or wrong but you know just it can feel that way though right? as a exactly. student
1: like i think especially younger kids they're it's not common for a younger child to feel like the gray area mm-hmm. yeah. you know it's the this is the yes this is the no this is right, the right this is the wrong so I, I see what you're saying like yeah it's just it's a very
0: it's a very tricky like environment that you're be. working in
3: <laughs> but one of the things i think about when we're talking about who's right and who's wrong there was this concept i was introduced two years ago it's a class called career skills for leaders and it was a concept called the johari window are okay. you familiar with that uh-uh.
2: no Awesome. Educate us. That's yes. what I do.
3: I educate. <laughs> but with the Jahari window, it talks up. There's there's four panes. OK. And here's the pain of we all know this thing. OK. okay? So like we, we know we're sitting in a room. Right. But then there are things that, you know, maybe, you know, just about yourself mm-hmm. that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Then there are things that I may know about i like, I don't, you don't see the spider on the wall behind yeah. you. There's not one there, <laughs> but you can't see that. Know, I'm like, yeah.
2: Where? <laughs> yeah. And then
3: there's the, the unknown. We don't know what's happening outside that curtain right now. Right, right, And so how do we process all the dimensions of information that are available and then make our decisions from there? Mm-hmm. So it's not always that someone's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. How are they making decisions based on the information they have available at that time? Right. Mm-hmm. And the more we increase our knowledge, then we can make better decisions, which is why I, I greatly struggle whenever it comes down to banning a book because mm-hmm. it's like, hey, here is information that someone's presenting for some reason, Right. depending on the, the content. Should it be available at this age level, this grade level? That's a question. But we don't just say, oh, hey, you wrote this book. You have this information. We're not going to consider that at mm-hmm. all.
1: It's like teaching critical thinking, right? Right. Yeah.
3: So important.
1: It is so important. I was brought up in like evangelical church. Mm -hmm. And so there were certain things that were just scary to Mm -hmm. me, like evolution, scary topic. (laughs) Right. And I remember going into my seventh grade year and it was for some reason, this was the biggest thing on my mind was they were going to teach evolution in my science class, my biology class. And so I went to my teacher, my poor teacher, and I was like, I'm just letting you know, I do not believe in evolution. So if you give me any sort of like project that I have to work on or a paper I have to do or something where I'm going to have to state that this is all evidence, I won't do it. Oh, wow. And I, I know, right? Damn. Assertive Megan, seventh <laughs> well, yeah. grader over here. <laughs> you know, Protest of faith yeah. is what was in my mind. And My biggest regret growing up, which is like, you never, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I wish because my mind actually works at a, like the way that I think is usually on a more problem solving, Mm -hmm. logical, I like to take in all the possibilities level. But when it came to certain things, like where you would have convictions or something, or you could possibly like what you're saying, be right or wrong. Mm -hmm. I also like have a strong sense of justice and I wanted to be on the right side. Yeah. And in my like for the information that I had at that time that was the right side mm-hmm. and the thing that bothers me about this and I still will actually think about it often
2: <laughs> is like
1: <laughs> I wasn't willing to go into it and and let myself take in the information for myself. Right. I had Before made you, the decision yeah. ahead of time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I wasn't even willing to look at the possibilities of new information being presented mm-hmm. in, in front of me from another perspective, I decided ahead of time that Mm -hmm. this, this is it. Yeah, this is it. There's a yes and a no, and this is a hard no, you know? And I think that like example comes into my mind so often because I wonder how many other opportunities growing up I was missing out on Mm. for just getting new knowledge, new perspectives or better understandings of other people Mm -hmm. and what they might think, because I was closed minded, Mm -hmm. you know, and essentially I allowed myself to embrace that closed Mm -hmm. closed mindset instead Mm of the growth and open mindset. Yes, And I mean, I'm thankful that as I grew up, my perspective changed and, you know, life takes you in lots of interesting places. Mm -hmm. But when I talk to my children about stuff now, I'm always like, well, what do you think Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. And have you considered the other person's Mm -hmm. perspective? Have Mm -hmm. you considered, like you're saying, these books that are this information was put out there for a reason. Right. You can judge it for what it is, mm-hmm. but at least give it a chance. Like mm-hmm. at least take it in. Like what sort of interests or mm-hmm. passions are you not going to discover if you're not even willing to see it or it's not presented to you in the first place because somebody made that decision somewhere for mm-hmm. you, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: The yeah. taking away of the opportunity to make the judgment right. in a way, a lot of these, you know, book bands or other other rules that come into play, it's taking away the. Hey, grab your own glass of water.
3: Mm-hmm. It's
0: it's yeah. your mom saying, okay, here's your glass of water, and it's like, mm-hmm. how much and you are we really taking much away? in this cup and <laughs> in this temperature?
3: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. And then from then on, you hated water because you thought that it was, <laughs> you know, eighty six degrees <laughs> water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, yeah.
3: and I wanted it in my Star Wars cup. Yeah, you know?
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. The I, I like what you're saying though. It's 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 the the back to the what we can work on is the awareness the Mm -hmm. i think a lot of empathy probably goes into that too to be able to stand back from your own opinion right and be like okay is that spider behind you real or not as you know are you seeing what i'm seeing is the sky actually blue who knows Mm -hmm. but i think that's that's something all of us in all aspects of life can probably work on improving. Yeah. Not just education, not just
1: with the kiddos, but you know mm-hmm. with everything. Man, we could keep you here all day. <laughs> I just want to talk to you about all the things. <laughs> <laughs> we do want to be respectful of your time though and also we can't have like a six hour podcast. Yeah. I mean, <laughs>
2: I'm mean, sure we could. <laughs> yeah. we could. We could.
1: <laughs> a special marathon session. Right. Yes. but, but like, Pause now and go get your glass of yeah. water and come back. So we do like to wrap up our episodes with a question right for you what is like if you could describe your perfect day in Snohomish what would that look like to you?
3: Now, see, after listening to several episodes, I was getting ready for this question. <laughs> are you? He prepped. Of course he will He educated right, himself. <laughs> right. And, you know, so I live in Mukilteo. And so oh. I, I really don't spend a lot of time in Snohomish outside of work. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, mine would be a, a work connected type of day. OK. Mm-hmm. And so for me, you know, I'm at the high school when the school starts because they're the first ones to start. Mm-hmm. And I'm out there with our, our security, our administrators, welcoming students, seeing the high fives and the smiles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as kids are getting dropped off and then you know maybe I have a meeting with a, a teacher or a parent and mm-hmm. have those aha moments which is are great. Mm-hmm. Same thing going to an elementary school because they start later, seeing elementary school kids come in and like Seattle Hill specifically, they like dancing in the morning. Which oh, so they used it. to, you That's know. So cute. <laughs> and I'm like, this is so cool. Like we didn't dance yeah, Just, right. you walk in a straight line.
2: <laughs> yeah. Single line. Everyone
0: faces right, the right, same direction. Right.
3: <laughs> um but yeah I you know got to get coffee over at Big for it as I'm driving into town. Mm-hmm. Maybe grab some breakfast, a little salmon egg, egg bagel at the Java house. Oh,
0: I um, love, they're the best. Right?
3: They're the best. Right. I'm gonna have Lunch to check somewhere down here on First Street. I'm um, going to wrap up my day and I'm, I'm going to miss Thursdays at the farmer's market because mm-hmm. that was my Thursday to just kind of walk the market and see yeah. people grab some fresh fruits and veggies and probably some little trinket that I don't really need but supporting <laughs> local vendors, right? There you go. Right. But yeah, just really getting to see the people and Mm-hmm. having conversations like this. That's my perfect day a Snohomish.
1: Nice. Love yeah. it. So great. Thank you for sharing that. I like it from the work perspective. I don't think yeah. we've had that one yet. Yeah. It's I'm, always been like leisure. I, I mean, it, I think it goes to show like how much
0: you enjoy your job.
3: Oh, I love my job.
0: You know, the fact that you're so invested in all these kids and you literally like paved your your career just out of like, you know, I want to yeah. do what this kid deserves. So mm-hmm. Man, I'm so glad to have you in our yes, school district. Thank you, you well, for all your work. Yeah, I'm thank so you. happy. see how much a better place. Right. And all the kids that are now going to have the opportunities that they might not have because they have an advocate like you to speak up on their behalf in the school district, I think is going to be huge.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. and, there's, and there's so many more out there. Mm-hmm. I was just over at one of our schools earlier today. And I love that I can walk into pretty much, well, not pretty much. I can walk into any school. Mm-hmm. If I was like, oh, well, it's so good <laughs> to see you. And how often do we we feel that way about our, mm-hmm. our leadership in an right. organization? Yeah. You know, because I'm on the superintendent's cabinet. I'm like, you know, one rung down from the top <laughs> people. Yeah. And I walk into a building and folks are like, oh,
1: well, yeah. I'm like,
3: that's what's up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> those are the goals right there. Yeah. And you yeah. made it. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Love <laughs> it. Awesome. Well, well thank, thank you so you. much for your time. Thank it you. was wonderful to get to know you a little bit better. And yeah. thank you so much for what you're doing for us. We really appreciate you and keep it up.
3: Yeah. That's the plan. Keep it up, man. Yeah.
1: Thank
0: you for listening to today's
1: episode of Snohomish Storytellers. Keep writing those stories and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
3: Snohomish Storytellers. Brought to you by the Historic Downtown Snohomish Association. Produced by Red Trucks.